Well, good evening and happy Monday, KBLA delegation. How are you all feeling? I hope you've had an enjoyable weekend and a beautiful day so far. Right here at KBLA Talk 1580, we are coming back from some technical difficulties. Andy, my engineer, is in the booth making magic happen over there. So let's send some shout-outs to Andy for getting us back online in time to have a beautiful conversation with you this evening. Special hello to my friends in the thick of the drive home. You know I like to shout you all out and give you all some love. Remember... We are here to keep you company and to help you power through. As I say all the time, the honking horns, abrupt stops, inconvenient accidents, and unexpected detours. Hello also to those of you who are still at work or those who've already made it home safely. Welcome into the Ride Report. As I did uh, uh, last week, I invite you all on the ride uh, with us tonight as well. Indeed, we have a lot to talk about. We have a great conversation in store for you. I am Mache Duffy, host of an amazing show called The Backstory with Mache Duffy every Saturday from 1 to 2. Can be heard every Saturday from 1 to 2 right here on KBLA Talk 1580. However, this week and last week, um, in addition to hosting my show, I had the distinct honor of guest hosting for... Uh, Robin Ayers, my colleague and my friend. She will be back on Monday the 15th. We are sending her all of our love and wishing her well. In the meantime, in between time, we have a show to get into. We normally have a correspondent. We do not. Oh, she is? Okay. Hello, hello. Daja? No Dodger. Yes, Dodger. No Dodger. Okay. Thought we had a correspondent. Again, I told you all we're having some technical difficulties. We are uh, headquartered right here in Lamert Park, Los Angeles, historic Lamert Park, and just had a huge blackout, a huge blackout here in Lamert Park. Everything was dark when I walked into the studio. So the phones, internet, those kinds of things are acting up, still coming back online. I have some clips from... Uh, that I want to share tonight may or may not be able to do that. But here's what we're talking about tonight. We're talking about the interview, the Jonathan Majors ABC interview that took place this morning. So on Friday, we unpacked that the interview was coming. And with my correspondent, Stephanie, we kind of went through some of the questions that we would ask If we were interviewing Jonathan Majors and even our tribe in the chat or the YouTube chat chimed in and talked about some of the questions that they would ask if they were interviewing Majors. And we just, you know, had a conversation about the upcoming interview. Well, the interview happened, right? So now there's another conversation. There's some more unpacking to do. And for those of you who perhaps have been living under a rock, Jonathan Majors is a Hollywood actor, very prominent Hollywood actor until a couple months ago. He was found guilty in a Manhattan, New York courtroom on December the 18th of 2023 of assaulting and harassing his former girlfriend, Grace Jabari. Um, Although these charges are misdemeanor charges, they could carry up to a one year term. 
In addition to him being found guilty, Disney immediately dropped Jonathan Majors from the leading Marvel role as Kang the Conqueror. So today, as I said a few moments ago, anchor Lindsay Davis interviewed. She got the exclusive interview with Jonathan Majors on Good Morning America. And it was very interesting. It was, um... Was it what I thought it was going to be? Kind of and no, right? I did not expect some of her questions. And I also did not expect some of his answers. So when I talk about um, not expecting some of her questions, um, she asked him why now? She asked him why did he want to have this conversation now? And he said... He didn't think he needed to say anything before because he felt the evidence spoke to his innocence. But after the conviction, he felt it was time for him to come forward and share his side of the story. So that's why he finally came out because one of our questions was, why is he talking now? And his answer was the evidence didn't do what he thought it was going to do. And so he needed to have his say. I also thought it was interesting that Major said he was shocked and afraid by the verdict. Um, He said he didn't think it was possible. What do you all think about that? He literally said he did not think it was possible that he was going to be found guilty. Now, there are one or two ways we could look at that. We could look at that, that he was just that naive, right? That he felt his attorneys did such a wonderful job, a concrete job in defending him that there was no way he was going to be found guilty. Or we could look at it and say, Was his ego, did a sense of arrogance play into him thinking he could not be found guilty because he is a a prominent Hollywood actor? I'm not sure. I just found it strange that he said, (coughs) excuse me, that he said he was shocked by the verdict. At the end of the day, he is a black man and more often than not, Black men are found guilty even before they go on trial, even before any evidence is presented. So, again, for him to say that he was shocked was interesting. The afraid, I understand, right? Nobody wants to hear guilty, not one time, but two times. No one wants to hear that they are potentially um, going to do prison time. And this is what he's facing. So when we come forward, we will continue to unpack the Jonathan Majors interview that took place this morning on ABC's Good Morning America. You're listening to The Rob Report right here on KBLA Talk 1580. Hey, what's going on, y'all? It's your boy, Lil Real. All right now, I'm hanging out with Robin on The Rob Report. That's right. Yes, you are. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to The Rob Report. I am Michelle Duffy, guest hosting for my sister and my friend, Robin Ayers, who will be returning to us on next Monday, January the 15th, which also is MLK Day. How about that? In the meantime, we are today, our topic today is the Jonathan Majors interview that took place on ABC this morning on Good Morning America. And um, joining me to unpack this interview is 
Taja Bell. Taja Bell as our guest Hello. contributor tonight. Hi, Taja. Hi. How are you? How are you? I am fantastic. Good. Thanks for being here. Anytime. Yes. So, um, how was your weekend? Let me just ask that first. How was your, how was your weekend? Lovely. Very relaxing. Okay. It was a weekend that I needed and came back into the whirlwind of the work week and I'm not ready. <laughs> I need to re- restart a quick little do-over. Okay. Okay. Well, I am happy to hear that you had a relaxing weekend. They are always good weekends, especially when you can do the weekend on your own terms. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, the work week is going to be what it's going to be, right? So, <laughs> Daja, did you have a chance to check out part one and part two of Jonathan Major's interview? Well, I didn't get a chance to watch it, but I did read um, like the notes on the article and like the most important takeaway questions mm-hmm. because I was at work all day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But yeah, it, mm. I know, right? That mean, <laughs> there's something really wrong with that man, but that's not really my business. Um, I just wish that he um, becomes an example to black men around the world to stop messing with these caucus mountain women and you won't have half of the problems that you have. Mm. Okay. Caucus mountain women. I like it. So can I ask this? <laughs> um I don't know. Did you hear, have an opportunity to hear what I was sharing before we went to break? Yes. Okay. So what did you make of him feeling shocked and afraid by the verdict? I think that shocked and afraid was, I think those are like buzzwords. I do believe just by like the little clips that I saw, because again, I didn't watch the whole interview, but the little clips that I saw and like the notes that I saw like on the internet about it, it comes off a little bit arrogant. Mm. Like I feel like he felt like he was going to get off. Mm. And the fact that he was charged with anything, like he felt like he was above it. Mm. And then it's one of those situations where you realize that you're still a black man in America like, yeah, you were King the Conqueror. Yeah, you're this rising star and everybody loves you and you're in the face of every magazine and all of that can be stripped away from you and you can be reduced back to being just a regular black man in America. And I think that he thought that he was bigger than that, mm. that whatever evidence that he had was going to shock and astound everybody and everybody was going to be on his side. And apparently they were not. Yeah, yeah, for sure. They were not, and they everybody is still not um, on his side. In fact, the prosecution had some pretty horrible things to say about him. The prosecution also said that they reached out to women he had formerly dated who spoke about his temper and about his abuse. Again, I don't know how true it is. This is certainly speculation based upon what the prosecutors have shared. Um, but I also found mm-hmm. it interesting. Give me your name. Pronounce your name for me one more time. Daja. Daja. I want to get it right. Daja. I also found it interesting that um, his, her injuries were admissible in court, but his injuries were not admissible in court. And I was yeah, trying to figure like, out like, is, uh, go ahead, go ahead. But that's the correlation of being black in America. Mm-hmm. You're a black mm-hmm. man going against a white woman. It's like, oh, she's this 
small petite white woman and you're this big brawly black man like how much how much pain or how much you know injury could she have possibly inflicted upon you mm-hmm. so that's not something that they're going to take seriously but if he's saying like listen this girl like really like sat on top of me in his car and was slapping me crazy trying to grab my phone they're like but she's a girl you're fine you're king <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's I said this last week, Daija, and um I it bears repeating again in this moment. You know, I always taught my sons, I have two sons, they're grown now, but I taught them even as teenagers not to get in fights with girls, not to do the hitting, don't hold her, just leave. When she starts swinging, you leave because at the end of the day, you're always going to be wrong. Um the interviewer today yeah. asked him um, about the injuries that Grace sustained, he paused mm-hmm. and then he said, I wish to God I knew that would give me clarity and some type of peace about yeah. it. Now, the thing Thank about you. it is he acknowledges that he snatched the phone from her, right? Because there's this allegation that a text message came in from some other woman saying, I wish I was kissing you right now. She grabs the Mm -hmm. phone. He tries to get it back. In the process of trying to get it back, she says he fractured or bent or broke her finger and scratched her behind the ear. Yeah, she said that she twisted his arm back. Yes. Like, he twisted her arm back and tried to, like, grab the phone back from her. And that's how she got the bruise on her finger and the scratch by her ear, allegedly. Allegedly, right. And he takes no responsibility for that at all. Um and again, I found I find that, his uh-huh. answer to be very interesting because his answer was just like, I'm an athlete. I know my body. I know my strength. I know my capabilities. There's no way I because I would not be capable of doing that because I'm capable of much more. Like, that's basically what it came off like. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm capable of doing much worse. So that I wouldn't do that. I know my strength. And this is like, all right. But if you do know your strength, you probably do know how to do things with ease. Like, if you would have beat her black and blue, that's one thing. But, like, it's a passive-aggressive type of a thing. Like, it's a twist of the arm. It's the pushing her in the car. And not to say that she was right. And not even to say that I'm against him, per se, when it comes to this situation. Because in the heat of domestic disputes like you're trying to protect yourself so you're just like get away from me like trying to put you where you need to be so that you're safe so i can go my way but it just doesn't look like that in the eyes of the law it's like you're damned if you do damned if you don't yeah yeah so listen i brought about um i i identified about four clips i want us to listen to andy can you go ahead and play the first one please the scott king and michelle obama I'm a great man, a great man. I am doing great things, not just for me, but for my, for my culture and for the world. That is actually the position I'm in. The woman that supports me needs to be a great woman. There are some who question, especially in the black. We could cut that one. Okay, so Daija, this, this mm-hmm. has been circulating, right? He had shared... It was shared that he had said to this to Grace that he wanted her to be a certain Coretta Scott King, Michelle Obama type of chick. Right. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this is a clip of him actually talking about who he is and why he needs her to be who he wants her to be. And the and interviewer asked him, 
you know, what did he mean by the clip, right? And he said that he was just mm-hmm. drawing an analogy about what it is he is aspiring to be. The thing I find mm-hmm. interesting about <clears throat> this, who he's aspiring to be is because none of us are perfect. Let me just say that right off the cuff. None of us are perfect. However, if in fact you are aspiring to be this person, how is it that you for two years find yourself stuck in a relationship that you said was toxic and abusive? <laughs> because we all we all see ourselves. We have delusions of grandeur. And when you're on the scale in which he was and you have other people probably validating those delusions of grandeur, it's very easy to get lost in, you know, the rigmarole of you're Jonathan Majors, you're the best person in the world, blah, blah, blah. So you you feel like I'm on this caliber, I'm an upper echelon type of a black man, so this is the type of black woman or this is the type of woman that I need to be around, that I need to have, like, in my corner. But it just doesn't make sense. It's just an illogical thought process like how do you need a Coretta you don't know Coretta you don't know (laughs) Michelle so what are you what are you really saying like the 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 thought of these women the the way that you have made them up or propped them up in your mind like who are you we don't know if Michelle was in there slapping Barack up every other day in that White House we don't know nothing about these people so what are you talking about but I think and these are also wives 100% 100% that's a that's an excellent point to point a point to make here's the other thing Deja. I think it's interesting that he is asking requesting suggesting that a white woman take on the image of a black woman you know so when you talk use the word delusional I think that that is absolutely delusional um I also think that right before that clip you know, he asks him, does he have anger issues, right? The, the um, interviewer mm-hmm. asks him, does he have inter- in temper tantrums? And he said he doesn't have anger issues, but he does admit that he did, in fact, knock a candle off the table onto, a, onto the floor during a previous argument because the prosecutors brought that up as a track record of his temper. And so he acknowledged that, right? And I'm just thinking to myself, yeah, both things can be true at the same time, but brother, come on, like help us help you help us try to see this through your eyes because this is not making sense. What do you think about that? Well, if knocking a candle over on the floor shows signs of anger issues, then I might need to go talk to the people right now. <laughs> might need to see some anger management because that is that. First of all, this is different. To knock a candle on the okay, floor, wait, like, you dice, obviously dice, hold, burn the whole house down. Hold, hold that thought. That is true, too. Hold that thought. When we come forward after news and traffic, we will continue unpacking the Jonathan Majors interview that took place on ABC's Good Morning America. This is Michelle Duffy sitting in for Robert Ayers on the Rob Report. You're listening to KBLA Talk 1580. Yo, what's going on? It's your boy Eric Bellinger hanging out right here with my family at the Rob Report. Keep it locked. <laughs> Thank you for being here with us tonight. I am grateful for your presence. Grateful that um, 
you are hanging in there with us for another wonderful conversation right here on The Rob Report on KBLA Talk 1580. I am Michelle Duffy. My guest contributor tonight is Daisha, and I'm grateful for her presence. We are unpacking the Jonathan Majors interview that took place this morning on ABC's Good Morning America. And before the break, we were talking about him being shocked and afraid by the verdict. We were talking about him saying that he has no idea how she sustained any of the injuries that she has. We were talking about him saying that he does not have a temper. And um, I want to play, Daija, this other clip. The interviewer asks him, do you feel you are responsible for her injuries at all? Andy, you ready? This is what he says. Do you feel you're not responsible for her injuries at all? I shouldn't have been in the car. I shouldn't have stepped out of the relationship. I shouldn't have been in the relationship. If I'm not in the car, none of this is happening. If I leave the relationship. Make sense of that, Daisha. Because um, I thought it was a peculiar uh, uh, answer. I think it's a it's a way to try to take accountability so he's not trying to like put all of the onus on her because in a situation like this you have to be accountable for some parts of something it can't just be she's the problem she's the problem she's the problem so I feel like for him it made more sense for him to take all of the responsibility and say I am at fault for all of this because I should have never been there um, now, I see, I didn't take him. I didn't take him. I didn't take him taking responsibility for all of it at all. Because earlier he says he doesn't know how the injuries happen. I I just thought it was interesting that he resorts to, if I'm not in the car, if I'm not in the relationship, if I had left, none of this happens. I'm not talking to you. I thought that was really mm -hmm. really interesting. Um. The way he framed that. But what else I thought was interesting, Daja, is the interviewer asked him three different times, three different ways, if he was responsible for his former girlfriend's injuries. What are your thoughts mm -hmm. about that? Because I, I could not understand why she kept asking him. Like she was going to get a different because, answer. Because that's the whole point, right? To try to catch somebody and then you have that as your viral moment. As he said, you know, maybe I shouldn't have twisted her arm. Like, it's just a journalistic tactic. And it's tired because only somebody that is weak-minded and that's not fully prepared for that type of a line of questioning will fall for that. Um, I wouldn't expect him to fall for that. I feel like he wants to make himself the martyr of the situation. I fell on the sword. I have this beautiful black woman. She's the only person that stood beside me. Like, he's just trying to, like, paint it in a, everything in a completely different way. But I think it's also, like, it shows his manipulation and his manipulation of words mm -hmm. to be able to say instead of just giving a blanket answer, yes or no, mm -hmm. because you know that's also kind of incriminating if you're trying to appeal. So you're like, oh, so you said you're not responsible for any of her injuries, so where did they come from, you know? So he's being very calculated with his response, 
and trying to take responsibility at the same time so he doesn't look like he's pointing the finger and not taking any onus. And y'all bear with me because I just have this one more clip I need to play as it relates to this question. Because, Daja, I promise you, I just cannot believe that she asked him this question <laughs> three times and he answered three different ways. Here's his third response to him being asked about her injuries. His physical ready, injury Andy? and aggravated assault. They're saying you didn't intend right. to injure her, right. but the result of your recklessness right. injured her. Right. Were you reckless? I was reckless with her heart. Mm. Not with her body. Not with her body. The physical altercation started inside an SUV. I was reckless with her heart, but not with her body. And I will say this. I will say this. Whoever prepared him for the interview, Daisha, did a great job to that extent that even though she asked him three different times in three different ways, he came back with three different answers and none of them were, I did it. I hurt her. I injured her. I'm responsible for her injuries. What do you make of, I injured her heart, but not her body. Daisha, you there? Like, yes. Uh-huh. Can you hear me? Uh-huh. Now I can. Yeah. It's a play on words. He's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I was reckless with her heart, so that's the reason why all of this happened, because I was playing games with her heart, but I didn't do anything to her physically. Like, it's just, it's it's so funny to actually see. Like, I have to watch the episode now, because <laughs> I read the whole transcript, uh-huh. so I already knew what he said, but now I kind of need to see it. Because yeah, because you gotta see, like, Dijon, you gotta see the body language. Pressure. Yeah, you got to see the body language as well because I'm I'm very interested to hear how that's going to be dissected. But I feel like he's answering these questions as if it was prepared for a cross-examination, but it's not as harsh as a lawyer. So he knows that he can kind of get away with things mm. because he didn't testify for himself. So now you want to come out and you want to talk to a reporter. A reporter is not going to be as hard on you as a prosecutor. You know, so you are prepared legally to answer these questions and to the best of your ability that you can still stay safe. And, you know, it still leaves the air of doubt in the court of public opinion. But you wouldn't answer this like this if you were on stand. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't fly. Oh, no, because those prosecutors would, would would rip all into that. Right. They they would dig right, they into would him. Alive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. smart. Listen, shout out to whoever it is, his PR agent, because they said we are not going out down without a fight. Right, myself, exactly. Personally, I'm upset that King the Conqueror is going because I really, I've been really invested into this King the Conqueror story. So I was really mad. Oh, wow. So they better figure it out and go apologize <laughs> to Disney or something because I need my movie. I love it. I don't really care about none of this no more. I love (laughs) it. And you know what's so interesting? On Friday, we were talking about that. We were talking about how Disney fired him. Disney owns ABC, and he elected to give his first interview to ABC. And I was asking my correspondent, you know, on Friday, what what did she think that that was about? And, you know, some of what came up was I felt like he was trying to not burn the bridge, like you were saying. And in the mm-hmm. event there's another opportunity for him to work with Disney, I don't want to burn the bridge so that if there's an opportunity, I can't take advantage of it. Andy, you were going to chime in? Okay. Um, so I thought that that was part of what happened with that. What are your thoughts about that? Mm-hmm. 
I mean, I agree. I didn't think about it on that level, but now that you say it, I definitely agree. And I hope that they forgive him because, again, I want my movie. I don't really care about none of these people and none of this nonsense. I have already decided that everybody is a criminal. Everybody is crazy. And I'm over it. I can't listen to music anymore. I can't watch movies anymore mm. because all these men are crazy. Wow. So I don't have time. Everybody's nuts, but give me my content. The end. The end. What? When we come forward, it cannot be the end of our conversation, though, because you're listening to The Rob Report on KBLA Talk 1580. What's going on? What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Denzel Whitaker, and I'm on The Rob Report. Indeed, you are inside The Rob Report. This is Michelle Duffy, and I'm happy you're here with me. I miss out on YouTube chat tonight, but I also have one of the folk from the chat on the phone. Miss Fahima, how are you? Greetings, Michelle, and greetings to your contributor. Just very briefly in the interest of time, one, and I'm a clinician, so I think I can fairly say this. This was a dysfunctional relationship. Both of them obviously has experienced trauma. Secondly, um, it's very possible that his new girlfriend might have been the one that was texting him in the car. Uh, thirdly, I don't. I should have said this from the top. I don't. Interesting. I don't think. I don't think he's going to jail because he's a first-time offender. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's and you have a situation. And not to say that the prosecutor is not going to ask for him going to jail, mm-hmm. but the maximum time is would be jail. But these are misdemeanors, and he's never been in trouble, as far as I know, before. So he probably will get probation. And, you know, the last thing, I think, if you remember that during the trial, the text messages when she wanted to go to the hospital and he was trying to tell her, he was telling her not to go. Mm -hmm. She was saying she was in pain. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he probably is responsible for her injuries. and He wasn't going to deny it because the text messages were part of the evidence. And Mm -hmm. so I'll leave it there. Well, thank you so much. We appreciate you. Fahima, are you still with me? She's gone. Okay, Um, I will say this. Um, I am a clinician as well. I agree with Fahima vehemently that they both have some issues. And he also brings that to bear because in the second part of the interview, Daija, he talks about uh, in his childhood trauma. He talks about in his childhood wanting to commit suicide. He talks about in his childhood of just some experiences that he had that weren't so, you know, good in terms of his upbringing. So indeed he does have some trauma, but I think it's just so, I'm always just torn, right? Between how we have these dual personalities, right? So he's this amazing megastar Uh in one part of his life. And then behind the scenes, he's living in this relationship that he claims to be scared and terrified in, right? And I'm just trying to figure out, like, you are the same sense of agency that he has over his career, is what I'm trying to say. I wonder why he was not able to muster up that same sense of agency in his personal life. And I also wonder, is it the case that his fear was more about this is a white woman, and I'm afraid to lose her or this is a white woman and I'm afraid of what she could say about me than it was about I need to get out of this relationship because it's unhealthy. What are your thoughts? Um, I think it might be the latter, but I think it also is important to note that he's an actor. 
mm. which means to me, actors are the second biggest liars next to lawyers. Oh, like okay. they can, they can literally tap in and tap out of emotions and moments. And like your whole point is to like get empathy and make somebody feel you and understand your character. So it's very hard for us as spectators on the outside looking in to even understand the true character of someone that is an actor, mm. especially somebody that is as brilliant of an actor as he is. If you even look at the roles that he's played, he's never played the same archetype of a person twice. Mm. He's, his range is crazy. Yeah, so yeah. I don't know who you are in real life. I don't know if, if, if if this is your story, if this toxicity is something that you didn't feed off of, that you didn't like, but also knowing how to manipulate your words to make it seem like you're a victim if you weren't and you were the aggressor. We don't know these people. So it's very hard to like really try to hone in on one or the other. Mm. But for me, it's definitely the latter. Like he's like, I'm going to sit here and play games. You play stupid games, win stupid prizes. This white woman can really lose like really mess everything up for me. Mm -hmm. So maybe I shouldn't leave because I wasn't the picture of perfection in this relationship because then she can defame me. You know, she can talk about my character and then that can affect me. So maybe I'm better off staying. Mm. That could be a thought process. You know, okay. So you have said so much, ma'am, that I just am <laughs> like, I need to unpack that because this, this notion that, <laughs> girl, this notion that, Actors are liars, right? Um, I mm -hmm. see them as creatives, but I certainly take your point that they step in and out of these characters. They're able to turn it on and off. And I know my actor people who are mm -hmm. listening right now are like, how dare she? Right? But at I'm the same time, there's something to be said about you <laughs> saying, we don't know who he is. The real question is, mm -hmm. does he know who he is? Right. And a lot of people don't know who they are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> he, he, and even if he doesn't, he is not alone. Mm -hmm. There are 40 or 50 year olds walking around trying to figure out who they are using slang like 20 year olds and wearing pink wigs and, and all types of foolishness. So <laughs> listen, everybody's going through identity crises. So we don't know, but it will be easier to, for us to make a decision if we have a, if we had a point of reference. Yeah. Because for the most part, most of us are just now getting to know this person because he's just getting hot in the last five years. Okay, hold that so thought. who is he? Okay, hold that thought. Andy, can we play our last clip before we get out of here tonight? No? Yes? Okay. We have just one more clip um, that I want to play, Dija, around... The description of Majors and Grace Jabari's relationship. Again, very, very interesting. Let's see. Yes, no. Maybe we can't um, play it, but here's what I want to say. I, um, wow, he talked about being afraid. That's what this clip is about. He talked about being afraid to leave this young lady. The interviewer, you know, referenced a the prosecutors shared a text message about him texting her saying that he wanted to commit suicide. Right. This is. Oh, we got it. Oh, here we go. That of Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Mania. 
The prosecution has described your relationship with Grace Jabari as tumultuous and abusive. How would you describe that two-year relationship? I loved Grace. Our relationship was, it was not healthy, you know, and that began to reveal itself over time. Why'd you stay? I, I, was, I was scared. Um, with the red flags, I found that, I, and I use this word, I said, oh, this is dangerous. This is months before uh, um, the incident. I should have been brave. I should have said, no, this isn't working. And I should have walked away. Um, and I didn't. Troubling signs in the relationship. Andy, tell to me about that. You a black man. <laughs> Andy said, <laughs> I can't do it. Andy said, I can't do it. I would love to hear a black man's perspective about that, right? Um, I don't know. I'm listening. Go ahead. You tell me your thoughts because I have some. But tell me your thoughts I, about that clip. I feel like his story, if it is true, because I'm taking everything with a grain of salt. Mm -hmm. If it is true, his story is very reminiscent to a lot of other men, period, that are in toxic relationships that know that they should leave them. But a lot of men, men be in loyal versus being in love. So it's like, oh, mm. I need to be loyal to this person. This person was there for me from the beginning. Mm. They grinded with me. You know, they helped me get to where I am. So even though I'm not happy anymore, even though this is not a safe space, even though I'm cheating, I'm still going to stay with this person. Right, because, because there's the person that. that stuck beside me. Right, there's that. He was, he was allegedly messing with someone else. Thus the text message, right? So exactly. how, how is it that you are, yeah, you afraid to leave <laughs> this relationship, but you're not afraid to cheat on the person? That doesn't make because sense to me. It don't make sense because you're talking about illogical people. Okay. I'm All not right. going to sit here and mail bash You sound today, like my therapist. But... No, I'm not trying to mail bash him either, but you sound like my therapist. Whenever we start to try to make logical sense of illogical behavior. Then we drive ourselves oh, we crazy wrong. before I lose you in yeah. the last minute. The last thing I wanted to point out was uh, Megan good was there with him for the interview. The interviewer asked him about Megan good. He said that she's been an angel. He said she's Coretta Scott King. I'm wondering what do you make? Shut up. <laughs> what do you make of his comfort, constant referencing to Coretta Scott King, what do you think about that? I think he's, I think he's insane. He's stuck in a time warp. That's why he dressed like he in the 1950s. Mm. He thinks that he in the 1950s and the 60s, and now all of a sudden you on a civil rights track when you was messing with this white woman. Like, sir, please, not too much. Mm. I, I can't, I can't take that seriously. This, this whole Coretta Scott, be Michelle, be Coretta, man, be Barack. Be Barack. Mm. Be Barack first before you tell somebody to be Michelle. Because right now you got everybody out here looking stupid in the light and Barack would never. How about that? I like that. And I think that's a beautiful way to end this conversation. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for being with You're us welcome. tonight. I appreciate you so much. My contributor tonight is Dija Bell. And again, thank you for yep. your time tonight. Listen, enjoy the rest of your evening. 
You too. Good night. Uh, all right. Good night. Listen, family, I appreciate you, KBLA delegation. You are always amazing. You always show up strong. Fahima, thank you so much for calling in and for sharing your thoughts and perspective about uh, this topic. Tomorrow, we will be moving on to a brand new topic. No more Jonathan Majors for us. Up next is the voice of reason with Zoe Williams. Until tomorrow, stay grateful, stay kind, stay safe, and stay inspired.